Hello, everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr. I'm here today with Vivian Benish, who is the producing artistic director for Playmakers Repertory Company in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. At Playmakers, she has helmed productions of Life of Galileo, Leaving Eden, The May Queen, Three Sisters, Love Alone, Red, and In the Next Room, or The Vibrator Play. Good afternoon, Vivian. Hi. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. And you? I'm doing okay. How have you been doing during this time of quarantine due to the coronavirus pandemic? I understand that you were in the middle of rehearsals for your Broadway directorial debut when the shutdown began. That's right. We were just in the second week of rehearsal, and uh, that came to a close. So it was a very, like it was for everyone, a, a very trying time not knowing what was happening. Things uh, on Broadway happened very quickly. The shutdown happened, but we thought, because we were just in rehearsal, we thought we were going to be that lucky little show that could keep rehearsing and stay in our safe bubble, and everything would be, you know, resolved in two weeks, three weeks, something like that, which, of course, very soon became clear was not the case. But I stayed in New York and then was dealing with everything closing down here in Chapel Hill at Playmakers Repertory Company at the same time, but on a very different schedule. So I was handling it on two different fronts. And luckily, Roundabout Theatre Company has rescheduled the play Birthday Candles for the fall of next year. So fingers crossed there'll be a vaccine by then. Thank you. Indeed. I think we all hope so. And it's such a really beautiful play of Noah Heidel's that I think it's going to be a sort of breath of fresh air for everyone to come and share that particular story. So I look forward to that. Yeah. And while we're on the subject, would you mind talking a little bit more about Birthday Candles? Like, how did you first come across the play? Well, it was actually a commission by the Detroit Public Theater, and the women who run the Detroit Public Theater, I have known a very long time, and in fact, one of the founders was the managing director at the Chautauqua Theater Company, where I was artistic director for 12 years before coming to Playmakers. So when the founders of Detroit Public Theater commissioned it, they attached me to the project before a word was written, which was really exciting for me. So I really got to watch and help develop the play from its very inception. And we did our first workshop of it at Chautauqua Theatre Company in 2017. And then we premiered it at Detroit Public Theatre in 2018. And then the year after that, we brought it to the Goodman for their new stages uh, reading festival. And that's where Roundabout saw it and loved it. And then we organized a reading for it in New York and brought Deborah Messing into it, who was my graduate school classmate at NYU. And so Noah and I both thought that she would be just exquisite in the role and sent her the script and she loved it. And so that's how it all sort of happened. And then one of those, you know, wonderful moments where we did the reading and Todd Hames responded to it just the way everyone before had and said, we really want to bring this to Roundabout. And then to our happy surprise, he said, we want to bring this to the Broadway stage, not to our off-Broadway stage, because we believe a new work like this deserves that 
brought an audience and production and was obviously thrilled about that. Uh, because on a personal note, I had made my Broadway debut as an actor at the roundabout. So it was very exciting to be making my Broadway debut as a director with the roundabout as well. Many, many years later. And going back to the beginning, how did you first get started in the theater? I have to say I'm one of those people who comes from a family of artists, not necessarily theater, mostly dance and music. But I was exposed to the arts. I was incredibly lucky to just be sort of thrown in very young. And I took to it and sort of never looked back. And I always was sort of actor, director, and teacher. I feel very blessed that throughout my life, I've really like the fabric of my career in the theater has come from many, many different angles. And I hope if I come back in another life, I want to be a lighting designer. I feel like I grew up with incredible, incredible mentors as well. I had great teachers in high school and in college and then again in graduate school. And so for me, it's sort of been a pretty direct path. And I have to say, you know, with the pandemic, right now, you know, we've all spent a lot of time thinking about our path forward. And, you know, I don't take it for granted that I have had the incredible privilege of being in the arts all my life. And yes, I had lots of temp jobs and whether it was waitressing or copy editing or doing a lot of things, but for a good portion of my career, I've been able to spend my life in the theater. And how did you first get involved with Playmakers Repertory Company? So Joe Hodge, who was the previous artistic director, who is now uh, the artistic director at the Guthrie Theater, he invited me to direct here. I directed here three times before I came as artistic director. So I loved it down here. It was a great mix of the things I care about most, which is the highest level of professional theater mixed with the highest level of education for theater. And so I felt very at home here. So when Joe moved to the Guthrie, he called me and said, you should definitely apply for this position. And I did, and I thought it was a really good fit. And I had been at Chautauqua for 12 years, which is just a summer theater, not just, it's a wonderful summer theater, but I had been really interested in what a year-round relationship with a community would mean rather than just a summer relationship. You know, being a New York City native, moving down to North Carolina and to Chapel Hill was a big adjustment, but I've really loved it. And feel, you know, I've been here four and a half years now. This was supposed to be the beginning of my fifth season, a different kind of season it will be, but it has been a good fit. And I have found the curiosity, the, the artistic sort of the breadth of the work that's going on here on all levels of arts and culture. And of course, we're at Playmakers is embedded at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, which in terms of my own interest to develop new work and wanting playmakers to be a home for that has been really interesting to do at a research university because I really believe that if a university is, is the home of 
the creation of new knowledge, then the theater company within a research university is also responsible for the creation of new work, new expressions of arts and culture there. So I feel very lucky to be here. Recently, Playmakers announced an important update to their upcoming 2020-21 season, which was reimagined in response to this current pandemic. Would you mind telling us about it? Yes. Well, like so, so many theaters across the country, Playmakers has been working on a series of contingency plans between March and now, constantly adjusting with the new information that was coming out about how and if we could produce theater safely. And I think ultimately, again, because we are in residence at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, beyond just the national and state local regulations and protocol, as the university is calling. So we've been in constant communication with them. And only just last week was it made clear that the decision for our entire season would be to go virtual. Given how much planning is necessary to produce theater, what kind of commitment that is to personnel, to uh, financial commitments, all of those things, but most importantly, because of the constantly shifting ground about audiences and student and artist safety, we finally had to call that we would go virtual for the whole season. Now, the great news is that we have been thinking about this, of course, all along this time. So I'm really excited about what we are going to be producing virtually. And, you know, I've been watching a huge amount of content uh, that's being shared from different companies and different arts organizations around. It is a fascinating array of innovation and what I call feel good, this is what we know, and doing a lot of the work of like, you know, opportunities to use this season, which I think it is essential that we use this time to discover who we want to be on the other side of this and not just kind of fill in the gaps until we can go back to who we were. I know I'm not saying anything original. This is the sort of clarion call of the industry and of the nation in terms of the reckoning that we are doing around race and equity. But it infiltrates to the form of theater as well. And so trying to look at this time as a time of both experimentation, innovation. We have nothing to lose with taking some risks with experimenting and seeing what is possible. And it's interesting timing because it was just announced earlier today that one of the Broadway shows that was in the middle of previews when the pandemic began, Diana, is going to be filmed without an audience and released on Netflix before resuming performances next year. Oh, really? Yeah. The great success of Hamilton's filming in the National Theatre in London's filming streaming events that I think for certain shows that will have that kind of broad appeal, that makes some sense to me. And I believe that the medium of theatre and what we will take with us and what we will innovate moving forward will be really interesting to see. I believe that we will need to be back in the room with each other, whatever that's, or I should say back in the space with each other, 
our shared space and bodies in space, experiencing story and event together is never going to disappear. And I look forward to that again. So, again, I get excited because I'm like, so in this medium of the virtual world, exploring how close you can get to that. Part of our season we're going to do as more of a audio radio play, one piece that way, to do another as a film. What does it mean to do a film, not like a feature film, but what does it mean to actually to have a creative team conceive of a film that is still a theatrical event and not just a theater company trying to make a film. So these are the questions that I'm excited about asking behind the choices that we've made for this season, as well as doing a lot of really timely topical work. Again, really important to me that we are doing new work, and so we're going to do the world premiere of Jacqueline Lawton's Edges of Time, which is a solo piece, which, again, couldn't be more topical and important now and to sort of look at the form in which we will record that we're still sort of trying to figure that out a zoom workshop of new play called the storyteller by sarah jane aquardi which the play is the winner of the first thomas wolf international playwriting competition which playmakers administered last year so we've got things in the works things fully produced things, you know, all sort of looking in ways that we can connect with our known audiences, but also new audiences this season. It's our 45th season, and I really look at this year as a time to figure out who we want to be by the time we're 50. I feel like we got thrown off the road that we were on, and now we have to navigate through the wilderness to figure out how we do what we want. That's how it feels sometimes, but I'm actually incredibly excited by that. There's no question that from a financial perspective, like every arts organization, we don't know what we're looking at in terms of our ticket revenue this year. That's an unknown to see how the virtual model will do over the course of the nine-month period. But we hope, and most importantly, that we can connect and include the support of our community in continuing to sort of offer entertainment, but also be an exchange of ideas, a dialogue about what it means to be human right now, <laughs> uh, which I think we're all in desperate need of connections to understand it. For the previously announced productions that won't be taking place this season, can you see any of them eventually getting produced in a future season? I do, absolutely. Not all of them, but some of them. There are some that we are you know, very, very committed to, to coming back to. Again, there are so many different factors that are going into our conversations as we start to think of our future and immediately about next season. Through this entire time, I have tried to take an attitude of responsible optimism. That's sort of where I feel I lie. I'm the responsible optimist in the group here and sort of with the real hope that we can be live again this time next year. But 
we also know that that isn't a guarantee. So we're thinking through all the options again and really believing that Playmakers has a role to play in the community for another 50 years. So we need to be resilient through that right now. So yes, like Akila and the Bee, Cheryl West's uh, adaptation of Akila and the Bee was going to be one of the first titles that was specifically trying to sort of tap into more of a TYA audience here in the triangle. I was so sad to have to give that up. And so I know that's one of the titles that I want to make sure we get back to there next season. Lauren Yee's fabulous new play, Mother Russia, I hope we get a chance to do. And again, depending on how everything works there, Playmakers is very particular uh, in a wonderful way because we have a resident company. We are one of the only resident companies left in the country and so we need to program and part of that company rotates because part of that is made up of our graduate students in the professional actor training program so they rotate so really we have to create a season that really takes into consideration the resident acting company as well as our resident designers on top of being sort of the flagship professional Lord theater in the region balancing again the professional with the educational is what goes into the mix of what we do so it's hard to know what will fall forward i'm really excited because one of the things we're also going to do is and i'm going to get to direct the students in a project that we are devising from scratch a devised piece i don't know if you're at all interested in this but throughout my career zelda fit chandler who was one of my great mentors she always had us do an exercise called the universe project basically it was the time that any new students sort of shared their universe project in a sort of half hour creation of anything from the most literal sharing of family albums and photographs and favorite recipes to the most abstract thing of sort of a dance piece that expressed who you were or just playing music or really anyone. It's an incredibly creative form to sort of share and look at where are you now? Who are you in relationship to your community, your culture, society? And these are the questions that so many students and professionals are asking of ourselves right now that I thought it would be great. I have used that exercise in nearly every show I do. I ask people to do it for the character that they are playing, both educationally and professionally. I use that exercise to create a universe project. And so I thought a great idea would be for us to create, to start with a base of the student's current universe and to use that as the the sort of jumping off place for the show. Now, that is not part of our six-show official offering. That is part, but it is going to be shared. We're going to find a platform to present the students' work on that with our entire community that way, and that will be made. You know, I was hoping to do that, you know, in a socially distanced way in person. There is an amazing amphitheater here, the Forest Theater, that we will get to spend some time in, and I hope uh, if we can't actually do live performance there, that we'll be able to use that space as part of um, the creation. So 
I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm sort of talking all over Jeffrey, so forgive me if I'm way off base from what you want to be talking about. Uh, but these are keeping the artists in the community and our audience feeling creatively active and engaged is what I see as one of my responsibilities this year. And phase two for reopenings in the state of North Carolina is currently set to expire on September 11th. What are the plans right now for when Playmakers eventually reopens to the public? Well, obviously we have been following and developing all the safety precautions that need to happen, right? Like we're working with all the unions, with the League of Resident Theaters to make sure that our standards so that we are ready to be able to produce the way we should be. You know, again, because of who we are and where we're situated, my guess is there will be a live production in other venues before Playmakers is able to have live production. And while that is possibly heartbreaking, I have no doubt that we're going to figure out ways to be in the community producing live, live theater in some way, and then we will come back full force as soon as, as we are able to. So I guess really the short answer to that, Jeffrey, is that we are planning, we are looking at all the safety measures, both within our theater, our rehearsal halls, and everything that producing safely is going to mean, but because of where we are situated, have to wait longer than when the state or other venues start producing. In conclusion, for those who would like to have a career in the theater, where do you think would be a good place to start? To me, for those who want to have a life in the theater, it is about activating your curiosity. Being a storyteller, whether that's as an actor, as a writer, as a composer, as a technician, as a props artisan, a lighting designer, all of them, no matter what angle, that your curiosity for how we tell stories has to be ignited constantly. You need to ignite it within yourself, but then you have to ignite it within community and the circles of community that that means. Who are your collaborators? And that's, to me, like, find the ways to do that, to ignite curiosity within yourself and within your community and collaborators. And that actually does apply not only to any time, but to this time right now. Find the artists who excite you. That's my biggest advice because I think we can get overwhelmed by the path we think we're supposed to take. That's all exploding right now. We're inventing the path. And that has always been true of artists to be innovators that way, but now more than ever. Vivian, I thank you very much for devoting your time to this interview. It was great getting to talk to you. You too, Jeffrey. Thank you. And for those who'd like to keep up with your career, where can they find you on the internet? You can always find out about what Playmakers is doing at playmakersrep.org. And on that website right now is also our what we're calling our Keeping You Company platform, which is our virtual content that we've been developing. And there's a series of conversations I've been having called Virtually Viv that I've really, really loved doing and been moved by. And all of those are up there. So if you want to get a sense of sort of what I'm curious about, watch some of those interviews. Uh, they're also on our YouTube channel as well. But getting to talk both with national and local 
artists and thinkers and activists about what they're thinking around transformation is, because that's what's on my mind. Thanks again for talking to me today, Vivian. This was great. Sure. You're welcome. Nice to talk to you, too. I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. Bye, Jeffrey. Bye-bye. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash carereviewspodcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at carereviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.